everyone and welcome to Beauties and Headcanons where we're nerdy and you probably are too. I'm Tegan and I'm here today with Lindsay and we're here to talk dirty to you about Christmas movies and <laughs> what makes a Christmas movie a truly a Christmas movie? Is it the theme? Is it the setting? Is it just the time of year? Like we wanted to kind of discuss and go through all the metrics because we know there's kind of a little bit of a debate as to like what movies are considered Christmas movies and what aren't. Um, so we wanted to kind of discuss that a little bit in today's episode. But uh, right before we do, though, I do have uh, an announcement to make. I'm going to be updating our social media profiles with this new link because um, I know I've linked to our Podbean in our profiles where I could. But uh, we're on multiple new platforms now with a new computer that is actually like, you know, fast enough to be able to submit and do multiple things. I've been able to submit more and, you know, now I'm starting to get back after those, you know, waiting periods of waiting for it to get approved and then waiting for it to, you know, actually get on the platforms. I've been receiving back approvals and links and everything to different platforms. So Beauties and Headcanons is now officially back on Apple Podcasts. It's back on Google. It's on Spotify, Stitcher, uh, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, and Listen Notes. Um, I do have... Yay! Yes, and I do have... Um, <laughs> A couple of other platforms that I'm still waiting on. I know we've been approved for Pandora, but we haven't, it hasn't like gotten actually on Pandora yet. I think our old episodes are on Pandora from when we were with Public House yeah. Media, but our new ones aren't on there yet. Um, but it's still a waiting process, so whenever that is updated, um, I will add them. Um, what I'm going to be doing is I have a link tree. And so I'm going to put these in our profiles, and what you can do is when you click the link tree, it will give you a whole list of all of the different platforms we're on and so you can just click whatever platform you want to listen to us on whether that's podbean or apple or spotify or you know whatever you can click that and it will take you to us so yeah that's my little announcement i'm finally <laughs> getting to get that out there to you i was going to actually announce it last time but i totally forgot but <laughs> i i actually have i had more come through since then so I'm actually only waiting on a couple now, so it's almost Yay. complete, almost complete, that just so cool. still waiting, you know, I mean, obviously, I mean, there is like a waiting process to begin with, and then also, you know, with the pandemic and the holidays and everything that's going on, it's like, you know, who knows how much further things might be delayed, but we're getting there, we're getting we're there. We're getting there. Yeah. All right, so Christmas movies. Yes. I don't know about you, but like, I've seen some people like get so contentious on like what constitutes a christmas movie and right. that's kind so like, of what inspired this right what what do you think constitutes a christmas movie um well i mean i well for first first things first like i don't actually celebrate christmas itself right, right, right. <laughs> i celebrate I yule but like in the spirit of like a holiday movie i think mainly it has to give you this certain feeling of nostalgia and the certain feeling of comfort um whether it is actually directly related to Christmas or a holiday or not, I think it could still qualify, personally. It, you know, those feelings, you know, when you watch, you know, these certain movies around this time of year, and it's just mm. like, you know, you get this certain sort of feeling from it. And I think that's really the most important thing. So, like, for me personally, like, my holiday movie is Transformers 86. Like, the first animated Transformers movie, that's my holiday movie. I know it probably doesn't make sense to anybody else out there 
but that's my holiday movie because I watch it and I just get that certain feeling. You know, it's, it's like I'm going back to a certain point in my childhood that is good and it's fun and I love it and I enjoy it. And it gives me that joy, that season's joy that I think, you know, we're all looking for at this time of year. I feel like we've talked about this before. I feel like <laughs> you've mentioned that just, just maybe once or twice. Um yeah, I in, think I mentioned it last year. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> when we were talking about it, I think I mentioned that that's what uh, that's what I normally watch around this time of year. Right, right. So one of the big debates is Die Hard, whether or not Die yes. Hard is a is a Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I honestly I get Die Hard mixed up with, and you know, don't shoot me, but I get it mixed up with Lethal Weapon because I think yeah. my dad liked one or the other <laughs> an awful lot on television. Yeah. Um, I understand Die Hard is the one with Hans Gruber and then mm-hmm. he falls and, you know, there's memes out there that say stuff like, it's not Christmas until the Hans drops and they're referring to Alan Rickman's character. I get it. Uh-huh. But I, I don't know that I think of that as a Christmas movie. But again, I don't know that I've actually watched it in its entirety. Yeah. Uh, and it might just be a something that, you know, I, I know the movie does take place, like, timing-wise, Christmas is going on in the movie, like, in that in that movie world. Like, Christmas is happening. And I think that's, like, why some people will say, oh, it's a Christmas movie, because Christmas is going on. You know, I don't... Happening. Yeah, I don't personally think that's a reason, but I think, like, some people have, you know gone so many years maybe even grown up watching that movie for Christmas or around Christmas and so for them it evokes that feeling of yeah this is the holidays you know yeah. well and it's it's funny it, you know the plot line says uh, he's joining his uh, estranged wife and their two daughters on mm-hmm. Christmas Eve at a holiday party mm-hmm. um, but the festivities are interrupted by a group of terrorists so, okay, sure. Yeah, it happens during Christmas Eve. I would probably watch it during Christmas. That sounds fine. You know what's funny is its release mm-hmm. date was July 15th, 1988. Yeah. So it, it wasn't released around Christmas time. No. It was released in the dead of summer. Yeah. So, okay, cool. Christmas in July, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and you know what's really cool is I don't know if anybody even has, like, the actual, uh, like, watches stuff on television anymore, but HBO uh-huh. Signature East and West has... Uh, die Hard playing on Wednesday, December 16th. Uh, well, there you not go. Not sponsored here, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, <laughs> I just like to keep you all informed, you know? Just keeping you all informed. Yeah. But, you know, there's also movies that I can think of that, um, okay, so, you know, Die Hard kind of, uh, sure. I, I think it's, I think it's pretty it dependent. It. I, I think, yeah, you know, yeah. there are some movies where you could definitively say, yes, this is a Christmas movie because they have certain themes or they follow certain tropes or something like right. that. Like, like a lot of the Hallmark movies, I think we could definitely, that come out, like, I think we mm. could definitely say, yeah, those are Christmas movies. They might not be sure. our Christmas movies, but they are Christmas movies. But then they I think have there's... the same plot line. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> But I think, you know, I don't think anybody would say that they're not Christmas movies, you know, exactly. Even if they're Uh, not ours. You know, we're also getting to a point where things sort of have to be more inclusive in the sense that it it can be a Christmas movie. But then we also start to to need need to start looking at holiday movies as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, so let's let's get back to that. Yeah, (laughs) I wanted to talk about Nightmare Before Christmas because this year. Um, you know, been spending a lot of time around the house, not mm-hmm. really doing a whole lot, but it's December, 
and I haven't even watched Nightmare Before Christmas yet. It's like, who am I? Who do I? Who, am, who do I think I am? What am I? Doing? <laughs> I didn't watch it before Halloween. I didn't watch it any time in November, mm-hmm. and I still haven't watched it yet. And it's already December, so I feel like I'm not even who I pretend to be. <laughs> um, you know, who I play on television because I haven't even watched it yet. Um, and. I mean, is Nightmare Before Christmas a, a Halloween movie or is it a Christmas movie? I know. I mean, that's the thing. Like, obviously, like it takes place in like this Halloween town and, you know, characters who are obviously ensconced in the Halloween regalia. But it involves Christmas and trying to bring Christmas. Christmas. Yeah. And they're trying right. to you know bring Christmas to Halloween. So I think it's one of those interesting fusions of holidays, especially at like this time of year where you know it just it encompasses both you know it has obviously you know the creepy macabre aesthetics of halloween but then you know it has kind of the joyful spirit of you know trying to give and share that is supposed to be you know relevant at this time of year as well so you know it kind of encompasses both i think okay that's fair too i i feel (laughs) like i've just really let myself down by not watching it at all yet it's definitely usually a part of the transition and yeah I'm transitioning without the, uh, without having watched Nightmare Before Christmas, so I don't even know who I am. Well, that's, um, and that's really a good way to look at it, is it's, it's like a transition film, like, from the Halloween part of this year and into, you know, the Christmas aspect. So, that's actually a really good way to look at it. I don't know if there's really too many movies like that that could be like transition movies but if there are like i think that would definitely be on top of the list sure um harry potter mm-hmm. uh are those series is i mean clearly there's something that's good for all year round but mm-hmm. would you classify them more as like something you would want to watch in october or something that you would want to watch in december hmm I mean, that's kind of hard to say. I mean, especially, like, depending on which movie you want to go with. Because, like, some are a lot more, like, um, I don't want to say fluffy, but, like, they they kind of tackle more aspects of, like, family and being together and, you know, kind of, like, the general themes that you would expect to see around a Christmas film, like a mm-hmm. typical Christmas film. And then, obviously, there are some that would more embody, like, a... Uh, not like a horror, obviously, but like, you know, just kind of a uh, a more tense, you know, higher stakes kind of feeling. Um, you know, I, th- I or, think it would... Or a scarier aspect, I suppose. Yeah, I mean... yeah. I, I think this is like kind of like part of that second group of movies where it's like, there may not be explicit like Christmas themes like in a like in a Hallmark holiday film, you know, like there might be Christmas in there because I know that Christmas is celebrated in, you know, the Wizarding World. Um, so like there might be some elements of that in there, but you know, ultimately it doesn't have those themes. So it's not like a Christmas movie, Christmas movie. But I think again, like if you watch it and it evokes that feeling of nostalgia, of that joy, then, you know, definitely. Yeah. Then it it could be a Christmas movie. Definitely. I feel like I should look up, um, do you happen to remember when the Harry Potter movies came out? Like what time of year? Because um, I feel like those might have come out around Christmas time. Yeah, I, I feel Maybe like... Maybe even consistently. <laughs> I feel like some of them, like, yeah, came out around, like... I don't know if they were in December, but they were around, like, the end of the year. Because I remember Lord of the Rings definitely came out around in December. Because I remember going to the theaters and watching them. Um, I never, like, 
I only went to the theater for one Harry Potter movie though, so I can't actually, I, I can't actually remember that. Oh, that was so long ago. Why is it so long ago? <laughs> oh, now I'm making myself feel old. Um, oh, don't you go doing that. Um, <laughs> let's see. Sorcerer's Stone came out November 14, 2001. So that yeah. was one you would have been able to watch for Thanksgiving, basically. Yeah. People would, you know, go see a movie for Thanksgiving. Yeah, back when we would actually, you know, go out and do things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like a Thanksgiving or general holiday movie. You know, definitely. I think that could encompass it. Especially, you know, oh, if you have those. It was November 14, 2002 uh, mm-hmm. for Chamber of Secrets. You know I looked this up, right? Yes, obviously. Okay. Oh, June 4th, 2004. Ooh. For Prisoner of Azkaban. Oh, all right. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> the trend is over already. <laughs> November 18th, 2005 for Goblet of Fire. Okay, okay. So, I mean, especially, like, say if you went out to watch those, like, say for the first time around that, around that time, like in late November, early December, like, you know, you could, I could easily see, like, people associating that with the holidays. And so, therefore, to get that kind of feeling of the holidays or to kind of kickstart it, you know, oh, well, just go watch the movie then. Yeah. Well, and so I, I don't know. I I agree with you, though. There's, there's sort of like a, a feeling of camaraderie and family and, um, I mean, kind of, you can even theme them around whether or not it's, you know, your family isn't the people you live with, it's the people you surround yourself with, mm-hmm. or um, if you could even go so far as to say, like, your family's more your house, or, mm-hmm. um, you know, the people that you the, that the hat puts you with. So, I, I could, I could see that. No, no problem. Oh, yeah. Um, but you know, what's funny, too, is it, lots of different television shows also have uh, specific Christmas episodes. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if they're actually moving more towards holiday episodes or um, Christmas kind of is the the big yeah, the big uh, kind of head rearer this time. Yeah. Of year. So and if you're not doing that then you're you know what, what is it? Festivus? Uh, <laughs> Festivus for the rest know, of us. Right, it's like a little like a kitschy thing that people talk about doing instead or celebrating mm-hmm. instead. Um, or Yule, for that matter. Yep. Um, I wanted to talk about Krampus a little bit because I feel like Krampus is also kind of a Halloween-y feeling thing, mm-hmm. even though it is very much um, a... Very much uh, a solstice thing. Yes. So um, Aurelia actually brought it up to me recently that a couple years ago, her and I had watched Christmas horror stories. They were like really quick little notes um what it was what the story about and it was like turned around krampus or centered around like christmas horror stories and first of all i don't know why you would horror stories stories but then um i've kind of blocked this out of my memory apparently because <laughs> she says that um she she was able to like relay to me the entire synopsis of the shows that we had watched and i was like yeah no i think you set watched this with somebody else and she's like no mom they really were you and i was like yeah i they were probably so traumatizing to me, you know, being 32 years old or whatever I was when it happened. Yeah. That I just blocked it out of my memory. It never happened. <laughs> whatever. And don't even get me started about Elf on a Shelf either. Like, I can't. Oh, yeah. Can't. Uh, but I'm sorry. I think Elf on a I, Shelf I is creepier than Krampus. Krampus. To yep. Elf on a Shelf. Uh huh. <laughs> like, I, I see Elf on a Shelf and it's like, oh, no, get it away, 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 away. I don't know why. I yes. just. It's the eyes, I think. The eyes hit something in me and it's uh, like, mm, no. 
No, I, I, I will have, I will have Krampus instead. Thank you, please. <laughs> I deeply respect people who do the Elf on the Shelf and have it moving throughout every game. Just that thought is. Positions mm. and I, not for me, but I appreciate takes to do those things. <laughs> yeah. Would we widen like the net to include like you know like all these movies that can potentially like kickstart a bunch of nostalgia? I think you know you really kind of open the door to having a lot of different things, potentially, you know, become holiday movies for people, even if Christmas is nowhere to be found in them. Like, like Transformers '86 is for me. Like, there's not a hint of Christmas anywhere. Like, even though I I think it's absolutely funny that you know part of the beginning narration is in the far future year of 2005 or whatever <laughs> that that always kind of gets me there's absolutely nothing christmas christmas isn't mentioned it doesn't appear to take place like in the winter like when you are on earth or when they're on earth you know it, it doesn't it, it doesn't really specify the time of year but there's nothing you know specifying that it's christmas but again it's like it's that feeling of nostalgia that you can you know come back to and be like okay yeah this is this is more a holiday this is comforting this is joyful this 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 inspires joy you know as <laughs> as the sure, saying goes there's always Christmas movies that people actually think are Christmas movies and are Christmas yeah. movies. Like, uh, The Grinch Who Stole Christmas. Uh-huh. Um, or... And, like, all those uh, those lovely little stop-motion animation um, movies, like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and oh, Little yes. Drummer Boy. And I cannot remember, like, the company that made them for the life of me because, you know, names, what are they? I don't know her, you know? But I, I remember, you know, watching some of those when I was growing up and... You know, so I, I see those and it's like, oh yeah, the, it's, it's the holidays now because I, I, I see those on like TV or advertised or what have you. Yeah. What's the name of the movie that's got the, um, like the heat miser and the, the cold miser. Oh my God. Yes. Cause that's the same company, but definitely, yeah. I mean, they we had... were literally just talking about it yesterday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cause there's a couple of movies in that genre made by the same um, uh-huh. computer animated stop motion guys. And it's, um. One of them, the the plot is something. So the, there's the one with the heat miser and the cold miser, mm-hmm. and then there's also. Uh, it was the year the without with a Santa pack. Claus. Oh, see, like, is that? I guess that is a Christmas movie then. Yeah. Because it's. I mean, it's got to be. Well, yeah. Um, obviously. <laughs> which one is Yukon Cornelius in the lumberjack guy? Yukon Cornelius. I don't know. He he's probably in Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. He's just not. You don't see him very very much or something. Um, he's, I, yeah, he's in Rudolph, but he's in a couple of Rudolph movies, so like he's okay. slightly recurring character, I guess. I feel like those movies were the kind of movies I fell asleep to. Yeah. Um, so I don't really remember seeing an awful lot of them, mm-hmm. um, but they definitely uh, bring about a, a, a feeling of nostalgia for me. It, yeah. I almost feel sort of sad that I don't have a movie that's like Transformers for you. You know, like <laughs> I, I don't have one that is so very much not a Christmas movie, but mm-hmm. that I relate it to Christmas because the, the Christmas movies that we watched were like, you know, when Turner classic movies had a yeah. Christmas story playing yeah. all day long. Oh we my turned gosh, that yes. bad boy on in the morning. We kept it on all day. We watched <laughs> Christmas story all day long. I don't know if we watched the Christmas parade. I don't remember any of that. All I know is we watched Christmas story from the start of the day to the end of the day. And you know, what's funny is, we, when I was growing up, we actually watched A Christmas Story 
on Thanksgiving. So, like, I actually more closely associate that movie with Thanksgiving instead of Christmas. I don't know why. I think it, like, because we watched it, like, you know, later in the day, like, after the Christmas meal and everything, or after the Thanksgiving meal and everything. You know, we'd go in and we'd, you know, oh, we'd be sitting there. We'd either be eating dessert or we'd just be so full and we'd watch the movie. I guess to kind of, like kick off the whole to get started yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Well, but that, that because of the timing kind of like <laughs> you know decorating for christmas and stuff it kind of gets yep. you into the mood like it gets you mm-hmm. gets you started in that direction i suppose so, so that kind yeah. of makes sense i guess yeah but i still like timing wise i still associate it more with thanksgiving than christmas even though it is obviously a more christmas movie <laughs> when it, and i also i also think that timeline wise the, the way that that movie is timed is mm-hmm. that month before Christmas as well because they're asked, yeah. they're saying what they want for Christmas and there's don't they start out eating Thanksgiving dinner because um, there's a there's a scene where Ralphie's little brother is uh, eating mashed potatoes and the the dad is always uh, he he talks about how he's always trying to sneak a little bit of the turkey from the oven and the mom is always uh, telling him not to do that and then don't the don't the dogs next door take the turkey or something i'm sure oh, yeah. of it. i'm sure of it yep it's it's a thanksgiving movie i think for sure because it's a christmas story yeah. but it starts yeah it, it, kick, starts it kicks off christmas for sure yeah yep and so it, it like covers that whole kind of area feel it, you know it covers the whole feeling <laughs> yeah of like you know going into the whole like winter season and you know everything that leads up to it it's it's very much just you know a portrayal of like an American family just kind of getting ready and <laughs> going about their day, you know. Yeah, the nuances of of an American family. Okay, yeah. so any any other movies we really definitely have to talk about as far as the debate? Uh, let's see. I don't know that there's any so hotly contested. I know Die Hard was like you know the most hotly contested because oh, yeah. yeah, because it's just like oh it's so much action and adventure and there's you know it's not exactly family friendly really, you know. So mm-hmm. it's like how can it be Christmas if it's not family friendly? But it's like you know adults celebrate Christmas and you know it's up to each parent to decide you know what their kids are ready to watch and consume and stuff like that. So I mean, you know I don't know. I I think that's. It's again, it's debatable. Debatable, you know. For some yeah. people, definitely, they're not going to associate it with Christmas. But for other people, you know, maybe they started watching it at one point, and so now it's just become this thing that it they associate it with it. You know. Yeah. You know what I think it, um, has always been a big Christmas movie for me. Mm-hmm. A Muppet Christmas Carol. Yeah. I have watched that every year. Oh yes. Since I can remember, <laughs> we owned it on VHS. That was one of our, our most loved VHS tapes, for sure. I love that movie. I, I think I might have to watch it tonight, honestly. Oh, oh, yeah. Love it. Oh, yeah. And then maybe even all the Muppet movies, because there's like eight of them or something. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I love them so much. But definitely Muppet Christmas Carol. And I, I'm like super kitschy and, and like that. So I also mm-hmm. try to watch It's a Wonderful Life at least once. And yeah. I, but I do feel like... In the spirit of this episode, I'm going to have to try and watch Die Hard sometime in the next few weeks. <laughs> oh, and also, don't forget, we cannot forget Sir Patrick Stewart's A Christmas Carol, uh, because that one, I mean, I mean like, Muppet, 
it for oh, me like Tegan, it's a draw. I don't draw. think I've seen it. I haven't seen it. You haven't? Oh I my haven't god. Because <laughs> as far I mean, there's been like so many iterations of a Christmas mm-hmm. Carol, like the story and everything like that. For me, it's a complete draw as to which is my favorite between a Muppet Christmas Carol and Patrick Stewart's A Christmas Carol. Because oh my god. I mean, it's Sir Patrick Stewart. I mean, do I really need to say anything more? <laughs> I mean, I he's just know. fantastic. We're also talking about like the Muppets. Uh, I don't know. I'll. I'll it's Sir Patrick Stewart that was up as for debate. We'll, it's, we'll talk about it later. <laughs> it's Sir Patrick Stewart as Ebenezer Scrooge. <laughs> oh, all right. So, what about Gaming Corner today? So, okay, Gaming Corner. Before we get like completely sidelined, let's let's go right? to Gaming Corner <laughs> because I know I posted earlier this week about the whole you know price hike that Next Gen um, is going to have. Um, as far as like as far as prices, you know, because as far as like brand new or prices for new games in the current gen systems, you know, you're going to start out at like $60 and it's been $60 for a while. I think like o- over 10 years or so it's it's been $60. And so with the next gen, they're going to start moving into the base price being $70. And there's been a lot of debate on both sides, whether this is justified or this is not um, I know one of the points for it being justified is that, oh, well, uh, game prices have been $60 for 10 plus years, however long it's been, you know, at this point, you know, we can expect a price hike because it's been stable for so long and blah, 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 which honestly is absolutely patently false. Honestly, I mean, this reeks of this corporate kind of bootlicking that is just inundating part of the gaming world and really inhibiting the conversation because the thing is is yeah sixty dollars has been like the base price for a lot of these games but they're discounting the fact that a lot of these games have had you know special editions drop they've had dlcs they have had microtransactions which i mean i can go online on youtube right now and pull up like uh, i can pull up like madden um, players or players for like 2K basketballs, like NBA 2K, and you know they have you know this in-game currency that they buy, and there I can watch players literally drop thousands of dollars, not even joking, thousands of dollars on getting these packs. So it's like they basically bought sixty dollars to get into this game, but now you're paying more money into this. And the fact of the matter is is this is completely unnecessary because all of this extra money that's floating around it's it's going to the executives it's going to corporate because i know one of the you know arguments is that oh well you know they need to um they need to compensate the devs and you know who are actually working on these games and it's like well if they actually did that that would be one thing but it's pretty obvious the executives are the one that's pocketing the money when blizzard had a record-breaking year for profits and then turned around and laid off a bunch of workers. Like well, and that's just what what I don't understand about that is simply like if you're able to go into these games and drop a ton of money in order mm-hmm. to get what I assume would be like cool stuff or yeah, upgraded things. Those people who are wanting to play the game for the love of the game don't even stand a chance. Yeah. And I mean it, it's it's just ridiculous the the kind of mental gymnastics people will go through to justify this $10 per game increase when it's like, y'all, this like $60 was the base starting price. I I have an example like ready to go right now, actually. Um, And it's on a recent game that was just dropped. um, The Assassin's Creed Valhalla game. Now, 
You could buy, of course, the Assassin's Creed Valhalla Standard Edition. You just get a copy of the game, nothing else. Um, if you do pre-order, you get access to a bonus mission, but if you just wanted the base game, you pay $60, right? Okay. Um, if you wanted the Gold Edition, which includes a Season Pass, which I guess they're going to be releasing new content at a later time, um, then you have to pay $99.99, so 100 bucks. You have to pay a hundred bucks to get that, okay? Now, if you want the Assassin's Creed Valhalla Gold Steel Book Edition, which is like a collector's thing, then you have to pay a hundred and ten dollars for that. Then mm -hmm. they have the Ultimate Edition, which has the base game, the season pass, and then it has this pack where it has like gears, a settlement pack, a longship pack, and like a set of runes for like I guess upgrading um, weapons and whatnot. And that is one hundred and twenty dollars. $120. Then you can get that version as a steelbook, which is $130. Then you can get that as a collector's edition, which includes um, like lithographs, um, soundtrack, some statuettes, and some little things like that. And that's $200. So that right there tells me that, you know, and I mean, this is by no means unique. I mentioned, um, I think last year, or no, earlier this year when Cyberpunk was still in pre-order, when it was initially going to come out in April, <laughs> that they had, I think, a $250 pre-order, like, ultimate super special edition thing going on. Yeah. And it's like, okay, so yeah, $60 is the base, but, you know, when you get into these pre-orders and these bonuses and these special editions, and then... Like, obviously, if, if a game goes, like, Game of the Year, then they'll release a Game of the Year edition, usually with, like, all these DLC attached. Or if it doesn't get Game of the Year, you know, they'll still, like, usually release some, like, complete edition with, like, all DLCs and extra stuff wrapped mm -hmm. up in it. So it's like, okay, so, you know, how many times are we going to buy this? Like, at what increased price point, you know? And I admit, like, I, I am guilty of doing this myself like i i did buy skyrim used my first time for ps3 but i bought the dlcs myself from bethesda and then when it was released for um xbox one x and um ps4 i got a copy for xbox one x um so yeah i mean i essentially paid for the same game twice even though obviously the first time i got it used so i didn't directly pay bethesda right, but still price, but yeah. yeah but still i bought the same game twice uh another game case in point i bought dragon age 2 like a hard copy through amazon i think it was last year and then earlier this year i we went through this whole big spring cleaning thing and i somehow misplaced it and i was super bummed and i couldn't find it and so my husband bought a digital copy for me so i bought that game twice now obviously that's an older game that's a lot cheaper than like you know i'm not paying 60 dollars for that i think that was like 10 or 15 dollars or something like that but still sure. point being i bought it twice so i am guilty of this you know buying things multiple times or buying dlcs and or season passes for things but the thing is is like the whole argument is well we're just paying 60 dollars but that's not right, true right. We're not just paying $60 because you might pay $60 to begin with if you just get the standard edition. But then what about DLCs? What about season passes? What about microtransactions? Like there's so much more going into this and it's so disingenuous to say that this is completely justified and that the devs deserve this when number one, we've been paying more than $60 for years. And for two, this money isn't going to the devs. It's going to the executives. 
you know, they're turning around and laying people off so that they can rehire people at a lower rate so they don't have to pay them as much and, you know, just putting more stress and more work on them. So, I mean, it's completely false, I think, to kind of equate this to, you know, a natural inflation. Now, I, I can't, I don't really have the time to like go into like nitty gritties of this. Um, if <laughs> anybody out there is interested, um, Chipquisition actually just recently did a video on this, like really getting into the nitty gritty of why this is so disingenuous and why it's so false to equate this with natural inflation. Um, so if you want to go watch his video, I highly recommend it. He he's, does a very good job of like, you know, presenting things in a very like, um, unbiased way um and he, he really doesn't mince words about it so you know if you want to if you want a little bit more in-depth information i highly recommend checking him out but i before i ramble on too long i'm gonna go ahead and and end this you know gaming corner was just say you know obviously you know do what you're gonna do buy whatever games you want to buy but you know be upfront and be honest you know the 70 dollars price hike is not warranted it's not fair to the devs who are still getting overworked and underpaid. It's going to the executives and it's not going to actually impact the people who are really putting in the work and making these games. Um, so yeah, that that's all I'm going to say about it now. <laughs> I do feel like I saw an article about Cyberpunk specifically that said you're going to need thousands of dollars to be able to play this game um, the way it's meant to be played. And mm -hmm. I was like, oh no, I don't want to even read it. I don't yeah. Wanna, I don't want to scare myself right now <laughs> <laughs> well i um, think that was mainly being like you know you probably want like a next gen system and you want like yeah. a special tv to for I like all the graphics that. and stuff <laughs> and it's like i don't know graphics don't move me honestly like i know the mass effect uh, remaster is coming out next year not remake remaster y'all so keep in mind uh -huh. you know they're not going to be changing anything about the game play or the story or anything like this it's just graphics basically and you know graphics don't move me honestly like i'm i honestly don't even know if i want to get it because i like I, I like the look of the old games just fine you know if anything like the kind of blur effect i get in mass effect one with the graphics it is a bit nostalgia inducing even though i've just started playing the games within the last couple of years like to me it still evokes that little bit of nostalgia for me so I don't know. I think the only reason I could possibly justify me getting it is that all the DLCs will be included with it. So the price hasn't been announced. So I'm, but I'm, once it is, I'm going to look at that and see, okay, would it be cheaper to get this as opposed to buying all the DLCs individually for each of the games? So that's going to be right. like my metric of, is this going to be worth it to invest in this? You know? Yeah. I mean, I totally get it. I, I feel like we've been dealing with these kinds of price conundrums for quite mm -hmm. some time um it's kind of funny we just went from this whole episode of holiday movies and <laughs> feel good scenarios that are inflicted by what we're able to consume as far as television and movies and then coming down to like giving yourself a gift of a money-sucking game. Corporate profiteering. <laughs> well, I mean, really, if anything, it's kind of appropriate for this time of year, too, and all the consumerism that tends to focus on this time of year. You know, oh, you got to buy, buy, buy. You got to get things and for yourself, for other people, you know. And it kind of, I think, comes across as this vibe of, oh, you know, you have to give to your friends and your family. You know, do you really love them if you don't get them the very best things? And it's like... You know, really, the whole thing about the holidays is supposed to be, 
you know, just enjoying your loved ones and showing them how much they mean to you. And you don't have right. to get, you know, the best, highest, top of the line electronics yeah. and games and all these things to, to fair, show that. In 2020, you mm-hmm. might have to show how you love people in a slightly different way, depending yep. on how healthy everyone is and all that stuff. So yep. that's probably another episode. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. <laughs> That being said, uh, we would love to hear about your holiday movies or your nostalgic holiday good feeling uh, movies that you watch this time of year. And uh, who knows, maybe I'll have to binge a whole bunch just for you guys. <laughs> I'm Lindsay. And I'm Tegan. And thank you so much for getting nerdy with us today on Beauties and Headcanons. Canons. <laughs>